A few months back, my husband Darren and I did a live webinar sharing our blueprint for improving your step family life. We sat down on the big comfy couch and we laid it all out there. We talked about what it used to be like and what we used to fight about and how I used to handle issues with the kids and what it did to the vibe of our home and our marriage. And then we shared how we got to where we are now. Our step family stressors are still there. We still aren't on the same page about a lot of things when it comes to parenting. We still argue here and there, but the way that we show up for each other and our family has completely transformed. And so is the vibe of our home. In this webinar, we shared why Darren used to think I was like living with a grown-up tattletale when it came to the kids. The time of day we would get in our biggest fights, communication strategies that have changed the vibe of our home, how we stopped arguing when we disagreed about co-parenting and parenting issues, why disengaging with love was the best thing I've ever done, the boundaries that made me feel like myself again, the rule that improved our marriage, and how Darren thinks that partners should respond when the ex or the kids disrespect their wife, and so much more. I'm so grateful that Darren agreed to sit down and have this conversation with you guys because this is the stuff that has really transformed the entire vibe of our home and how I feel about my step family life. You can sign up for a copy of the webinar at www.jamiescrimshire.com forward slash stepfamilyblueprint. Watch it with your partner, watch it alone. Either way, I highly recommend investing this time into your family. As stepmoms, we focus a lot on things we can't control. Sometimes so much that we lose sight of all that we can. Change starts with you and what happens inside your home. www.jamiescrimshire.com forward slash stepfamilyblueprint. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Buckle up for this episode, guys. There is a good possibility that this episode will give you the confidence that you need to improve your relationships with your family and your friends, your partner, or those who you simply do not want to have a relationship with at all. So in this episode, I am talking to Nadra Glover-Tawab, and like I said, buckle up. Nadra is a therapist and New York Times bestselling author and a relationship and boundary expert. And in this episode, we dive into in-laws and friends and marriage and parenting and navigating the holidays. It was just such an amazing conversation, and she just provided so much insight and mindset shifts to help improve relationships with a side of straight shooting humor. She is freaking hilarious. So before we get to the episode, if you're not already go follow Nadra, I highly recommend that you do her Instagram posts alone. will save you hundreds in therapy. 
So you know what? This episode is so good. We're going to skip the spiels today. Let's just dive right in. All right, Nadja, welcome to the podcast. I have been going through all of your Instagram posts like crazy over the last however many months, and I'm just so excited to be able to dive into so many things with you today. Yay, I can't wait to chat. Amazing. So before we dive into all of the things, I would love to just, for those who maybe haven't read your book yet or aren't familiar with you, can you give us a quick little intro, who you are and what you got going on? Well, my name is Nedra Glover Tawab. I am a licensed therapist. This is my 14th year as a licensed therapist. I speak a lot on boundaries and relationships. I would say for my entire career, I've talked about boundaries in various ways, sometimes not even using the B word, mostly just in the way of relationships and how we feel about things and how we can be more assertive, how we can have difficult conversations and really confront the troubling things in our relationships to make ourselves healthier and hopefully to improve the relationships that we want to have. Yeah. And I love what you say on the top of your Instagram profile, because it's so simple that I help people create healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. I think we simplify that. We have this assumption that relationships should be easy, that they don't require or shouldn't require these tough conversations when that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do have this expectation that healthy relationships are problem-free relationships and that we don't have to do anything to bring our relationships up to code, that things just naturally happen. And that's what a soulmate is. We just meet this person or and this situation is perfect. And in most relationships, we have to talk about different things. And I think in some relationships, we're willing to do that work. And in others, it just seems so hard and impossible that we really don't confront those issues. I love what you just said there. We think that healthy relationships are problem-free relationships because that's so true. I think that everyone just has this assumption that if you are supposed to be with someone or it's supposed to be easy and relationships just are not easy. They're not. No, they're not easy. They don't have to be painful either, but they're not easy to speak your needs to another person, to share a space with another person to ask for, you know, support. These can all be really interesting things that we think like, oh my gosh, why don't they just get this? And really we get it and we need to communicate that to other people. Mm -hmm. And on your Instagram, you did a post the other day and obviously it's very timely with the holidays coming up. Mm. That is often a trigger for so many people when it comes to relationships with their family. You know, with my community, we're dealing with step-parents and co-parents and all of these people who we have to navigate and share our time with. And I'd love to dive into one of the posts and just kind of unpack things that you talked about when it comes to having those healthy relationships and communicating your needs around the holidays. Why do you think this is so triggering for so many people? It's new. It's triggering because here we are, some of us at 50, at 40, at 27, at 18, saying, this is how I'd like to spend my holiday. 
it is our first time. For some of us, it is the very first time that we've ever been honest about how we want to spend the holidays, who we want to spend that time with. And that is challenging to, you know, I can't imagine, I'm not 50 yet, but to be a full-fledged adult and still not able to speak your needs, it's challenging. You've gone for 50 years without being able to advocate for yourself. So here it is, your 50th year, and you are brave enough to say, this is what I want or this is what I need. That is quite challenging because people will see it as, oh my gosh, you are being something completely different when in actuality, I am being the me that was always in here. I am now communicating me to you. Do you think there's a shift happening now where people are starting to break those you know, generational patterns or starting to feel more confident expressing what they want versus what they feel like is expected of them? Or is it the internet and we're just kind of like talking about it more? I feel like we have been on the path of breaking generational patterns for generations. We're just doing it in a different way now. I don't think our parents parented how they were parented and their parents didn't parent them how they were parented. If that was the case, we ought to be running around with pretty clothes and, and horses and all sorts of stuff. But times have changed and so has parenting. What I'm recognizing now is we're getting into the mental health piece of parenting. And that is a newer concept. You may have had some parents doing it. I don't know many, but it is a newer concept. And I think that even my own children, they'll be even better at this stuff with their kids. Mm -hmm. Very true. So let's dive into the holidays a little bit. So the thing that you said at the top of your list is true. Remember that it's not everyone else's holiday. It's yours too. Mm -hmm. And we get lost in that. All of the things that we should be doing. My husband and I were just having a conversation about our holiday schedule. It's like, well, we need to do this. And then we need to do this. And I said, do we need to do that? Why do we have to go do that? He's like, well, you know, there are parents or there are grandparents or, and we owe them or... How do you recommend that someone who is feeling torn around the holidays, maybe there's these expectations that they show up for their family in a specific way, or they spend their whole you know, holiday with their extended family instead of creating their own traditions with their own kids. How, how do you navigate that while still respecting old traditions while you know, creating your own? It's important that you decide which traditions you want to carry and which ones you want to release. Sometimes we are doing things that we don't even like. We're making a, a fruit cake and all sorts of stuff, and we don't even like the fruit cake. It's just what we do. We're baking cookies for Santa, and we don't even believe in Santa. What do you want to do on your holiday? Perhaps there are some things that you want to carry over. What are those things? It's probably not everything. What new things do you find cool or interesting that you might want to incorporate? A lot of the holiday traditions that I have, I created because I didn't grow up in a family where it was you know, Christmas pajamas and on Christmas morning, we do X, Y, and Z. Now we celebrate it, but it's not in the way that I celebrate today because I did want traditions. I wanted to watch Home Alone on Christmas. I want to wear, you know, family pajamas. I want to 
make a certain thing for breakfast on Christmas Day. Those are all things that are important to me. And my kids even start that we should do this. And I'm like, okay, new tradition, I guess. So, yeah. so everybody has a hand in what the holiday experience looks like. I imagine that at some point when my kids, uh, certainly when they turn 18, they will say, you know, maybe I want to be near snow for Christmas, or maybe I want to go to the beach for Christmas. I don't know what those things are, but I'm open to people creating their own holiday experience because guess who did it? Me. I created it for myself. So I would not frown upon you taking the time to figure out what you want your holiday to look like. And maybe I like it too and I can join you. But if not, this is my Christmas. This is your Christmas. Everybody has Christmas. It's not your special day. It's everybody's special day. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend talking to, I, I can just hear people in my community saying, how am I supposed to tell that to my in-laws? My partner's feeling guilty about, you know, changing things up. I think that's where the problems come in is, is having those conversations with the people in your life who have expectations of you that aren't necessarily aligned with who you are now. I know it seems impossible, but we can say hard things. And with our parents, we must remember that we're talking to adults and they are talking to an adult. When we're with our parents, we revert back to like this 12 year old person, this 10 year old who was being told something and we must obey. And we forget, I am an adult. I have some autonomy in my life for my holidays, in my relationships, and so many other things. Now, it is possible to be kind, be respectful, and disagree with even your parents about how you plan to spend your holiday. And on this particular year, this is my plan, mom. This is my plan, dad. What really helps is if you tell people early. Because waiting to the last minute can really, you know, mess up everybody's plans. So as you're planning your year 2022, if you know you don't want to go home for the holidays, this is a wonderful time to let people know or even start at the beginning of the year, middle of the year. But telling folks December 15th, yes, that typically creates a lot of problems. (laughs) But let them know in advance, you know, this year for Christmas, we're going to Aruba. This year for Christmas, we will be staying home. And they can, you know, throughout the year, oh my gosh, we really wish you'd come. I understand that we are working towards creating our own traditions because guess what your parents have? Their own traditions. (laughs) They have their own traditions and they're trying to convince you to not have any so you can have theirs. You have the right to have your own too. And I'm saying this and I'm regretting it. Because I don't want my kids to have <laughs> I'm regretting it as I say it. But you know what? I, I, I have to live by it. I will live by it. But yes, this is tough. I could just imagine how tough it is as a parent to let go. But it is the work of parenthood. And your kids cannot do that work for you. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said about going home. We revert back to those childhood patterns and the wounds come up and insecurities come up. And 
I, I just want to share something. So we were having dinner with my, my sister's going to be listening to this podcast episode and she's going to roll her eyes when she hears this, but we were having dinner with my dad and growing up, I always felt like everything was my fault and that I didn't get the same treatment as everyone else. And everything was unf like, that was just kind of the story that I had as a child. And it's something I've worked on, but we went home to my sister's house for dinner and my dad had made muffins for the kids and we were coming last minute we have the same amount of kids as my sister or whatever. And uh, we got less muffins. There was less muffins in my Ziploc bag than for my sister. And I'll tell you, for a week and a half after, I was like going back to how it's never been fair with me and I've never been treated the same way. And, you know, those old wounds come up when you spend time with your parents, especially if you haven't been dealing with them and actively working to heal them. And I know there's so many people who can relate to that. Do you have any tips and strategies for people who are going to spend this time with their family and they want to try not to get caught back with those old thought patterns that, you know, really can make things not that enjoyable? And the muffins weren't even that good. I don't even know why I cared about the muffins that much because I didn't even like those it muffins. It wasn't about the muffins. It wasn't about the muffins. You know, it's just so crazy how that can trigger you for so long. You know, I think that fairness is a parental struggle. And for people who are raising children, I think it, it makes sense to tell them that things are not fair. And that you will not always get two and, and your sister gets three because maybe she likes chocolate a little bit more and I'm going to give her three and I'm going to give you two. Perhaps there is a situation where it's something that you're not even interested in and I only want to do it with this person because we share this activity. I mean, there are just so many things that could potentially not be fair. Mm -hmm. So... Giving kids the expectation that you're right, this is unfair, but I wonder what would you like to do? What would you like to receive more of? What do you need? Because it's not the same as your sister's. And often with kids, there is this idea that things are supposed to be 50-50 and nothing, not one thing is 50-50. And kids need to be taught this. And I think it will help us in the long run to not feel like relationships need to be fair because they don't. That wasn't your question though. Your question was- But about, I liked the answer. Uh, yeah, how to stop these old wounds from coming up. I think a part of it is to develop your compassion for your parents as imperfect humans. Your parents are people. And I remember when I was in college- some of my friends had kids when we were in college. And I used to always think to myself, I don't think I could be anybody's mama in college. I couldn't imagine a kid in the back seat of this little car that I had. Like, <laughs> it just felt so odd. But my friends who were my same age were somebody's parent. And I right now, I am someone's parent. And I do a lot of stuff that's imperfect. So I can't imagine having this human who holds me to a standard of perfection. Oh my gosh. It's like, 
mom makes the best whatever. Mom, make, you know, like when my kids say something like, oh, this had too much cheese. Well, hey, everything isn't perfect. That's what, <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, mom, you yell. Yep, mom yells too. I apologize. I shouldn't yell at you. But sometimes I do it because I'm a human. I'm a human being. And I want you to know that above anything else. I'm your mother and I'm human. <laughs> I will mess up. And same thing for dads. And as we're bringing up these things that we have an issue with, remember they are humans, they are not perfect. And so if they show some favoritism, if they yelled at you, if they don't understand your views on certain things, they are human beings. And no human is 100% perfect. And that includes your parents. And with humans, we can talk to them. We can help them to understand us, but we have to be willing to have conversations, human to human. One of the most humbling things I've experienced as an adult child is my mother talking about her experiences as a single parent, which I did not understand as a child. As a child, I saw it as why do I have to go with my sister every weekend when she goes over her friend's house? I just want to stay home. What my mother was saying is, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> I need a break from kids. And I'm the only parent here. I didn't get that. I got, oh my gosh, my sister, I don't want to go. But now I get it. I understand it now. I understand her differently. I understand things differently. So my child mind could not wrap around some of the things that were happening around me. And to have those conversations with our parents about maybe they were hard on us, but why? Why me? Because I felt, you know, whatever your thing is, I don't know what your thing is, but why me? Maybe they saw something that you didn't even know. You didn't even know. They're like, I saw that you were really sensitive. And so me being hard on you was to, to try to prepare you for other people to be hard on you. Now, did I do that properly? Probably not. <laughs> I'm a human. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But I tried. And my way of trying did not work for you. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean for it to happen that way. Mm -hmm. What if the parents aren't capable of that? Because I do think there's there's that, right? And obviously that's amazing when you can have these healthy relationships and these healthy conversations with your parent, adult to adult. Mm -hmm. How do you protect yourself when you go to these events and you know all of this, the dynamic maybe isn't healthy anymore? You know, you, you can't help but kind of get wrapped up in that. And maybe there are need, there needs to be some new boundaries, or maybe you need to switch some things. But is there a way that we should be talking to our parents and to our family members when we want to have that shift in our relationship, maybe respect of new boundaries or uh, just new perspectives? Many parents will not agree with you will not understand your stories because it is a very hard thing to accept ownership of who you are to other people. So for the parents who do it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're 100% brave. But there are so many, so many times and so often where parents will deny the story, they'll reshape it, make up details that that didn't necessarily exist, all to say that 
I was a wonderful person to you. And other family members will, they'll blame you and all of these things. That is an unfortunate norm. However, when that happens, one of the things I think we do to ourselves is to go to people who have proven, I cannot honor you. I cannot understand you. I will not agree with your perspective. And we go back for more and we try to get them to understand us, honor us, agree with our perspective. We're continuously explaining. Now, you can talk to a person who listen. You cannot talk to a person who has their finger in their ears and they're saying, la, 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 la. You cannot do that. So if you are dealing with that sort of person, you have to make an agreement with yourself to accept them as they are, or to work on your part of things that you can change. But you cannot change them. You cannot make them own your story. You cannot make them understand you better. You cannot get them to see things in the way that you see them. It is unfortunate, and it is a choice how you choose to show up in relationship with them. There is no force but you. Yeah. When it comes to that, how do you get yourself to the place where you often parents will say they'll blame you for that or say, oh, no, that's not true or oh, whoever. Right. And just kind Mm -hmm. of minimize that experience. What advice do you have? And I'm sure you have clients who you talk to about this all the time Mm -hmm. who struggle having that confidence to own that experience of their own instead of thinking there's something wrong with them. Here's another agreement. We have to make an agreement with ourselves for people to not change our narrative to fit who they need to be. We are often offended by people saying good things about themselves. That's always you. Well, that's what a person is going to say. They don't want it to be them. (laughs) This is what a person is going to do when they don't want to respect your boundary. We have to anticipate the people in our lives being themselves. And so often our expectation is different. They deny everybody's story and we're like, why won't they listen to my story? They're a story denier. You're a story, <laughs> that's it. That's it. They're a story denier. It's not anything special to you. If anybody says anything to them that paints them in a light that they don't want to see, guess what? They deny the story. So they're not doing anything special to you. They are being themselves. Do you accept it or not? And if you don't, what do you do? Because you cannot change this person. They are saying, I feel great about the way I am. (laughs) I feel good. I wake up with a good, nice rest being exactly how I am. Now, what do you want to do with me? It's so true. It's so true. I've tried to tell people about themselves, like, you never let me get a word in. And it's the funniest thing because it's almost like you've said nothing to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you need to just talk like, are you, you know, it's all you, 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 you. And then I decided, why am I talking to this person every day? This is me. This is a me problem. Here I am answering the phone, agreeing to be overtalked. Why am I doing that to myself? I don't want this problem because you don't have to change you. I have to change me. That's so good, you know, saying that's a me problem because I think so many times we're ready to blame other people, especially in my community. You want to blame the ex or you're trying to have this healthy relationship with someone or your parents who you, obviously it's not working. You can't have that. And you're, 
continuing to put yourself in the same situation over and over and over again, expecting these different results. And when you change that perspective and bring it back and be like, actually, at some point I got to take ownership for this. How many times can you do the same thing? You'll just get the same results. Yeah. That is powerful stuff. A couple weeks back, I was having a day. Life, business, family, it was one thing after another. It was actually one of those days where you're like, is this real life? Like what else could go wrong? Four o'clock could not come soon enough. When I wrapped up work, I noticed there was a package on my doorstep. It was a bamboo jogger set from Cozy Earth. I immediately went upstairs and changed into it and it literally changed how I was feeling. It is made from the softest fabric ever. In fact, I now need this sweatsuit in more colors because I have been wearing it every evening since. At the end of a long day, I love getting all cozy and comfortable, throwing my hair up in a top knot and just chilling with the fam. This sweatsuit is my new uniform for doing just that. Now here is the deal on Cozy Earth. Their bamboo joggers and crew are made with the softest, temperature regulated fabric. They're certified free of harmful chemicals. They won't pill and they wash up great. They also have other products like t-shirts and PJs and sheets. Cozy Earth is an amazing way to up-level your cozy nights and your sleep. And of course, I have a discount code for you. So JamieS45 gives you 45% off your order, which is the highest code they will be offering this holiday season. I cannot recommend these enough. So I have the black in medium and the light gray are in my cart, www.cozyearth.com and use the code JamieS45 for 45% off your order. Enjoy. Now, I'd love to switch gears for a second and talk about healthy relationships. You have this post about the seven things you need to stop doing if you want to have a healthy relationship. Can you dive into that a little bit? Mm, Can you read the post? Yeah. So stop avoiding conflict was the first thing. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people don't understand this? Well, I started by saying that we think that healthy relationships are pain-free. And so even a disagreement, I've heard people say, I never argue with my husband. I never argue. That is unhealthy. That is unhealthy. If y'all don't argue about what to watch, what to cook, where to go, that's not healthy. Y'all not the same person. Somebody's needs are not being met. Because it is no possible way for us to agree on everything. I read something a little bit ago about sibling relationships when they're younger. And it said little kids, I think they argue like every seven minutes. I said, that's about right. That's how often I want to argue as an adult. (laughs) About every seven minutes when I'm with another person. I'm like, why we got to go there? What's that over there? about a thousand things to say. Most of them I keep to myself. I've learned to just, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But baby, when something come up, that's a big deal. I'm saying it. We feel these things, but we're not doing it because it's like, you know, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to keep the peace. And that will lead you right into an attorney's office. That will lead you right into talking to your friends about your other friends. I can't believe he, I can't believe she, you know, because we are not having these conversations with the people that we have the issue with. 
Yeah, it's so true. I, I had a friend once, there was a recent divorce and the one person was blindsided by the other partner filing for divorce. And he's like, I don't understand. We never had, we never fought. She never said anything, like never had an argument. And now this, and my one friend couldn't understand. I was like, well, they never fought. Like what, what was the deal here? I said, then no one was saying anything like that. Literally, like you can only do that so long until all of the resentment just like builds up and you're it's like, you're losing your shit about a sock on the floor or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I want an evaluation from everybody in my house. I'm constantly like, what, what do you think about the way I talk? Do you think I'm mean? Do you think I'm um, <laughs> like, I want an evaluation. Now my kids, they will just outright tell you, but you know, even for my husband, I have to say like, you know, how am I doing? How is the food? Should I redo this? Should I? And it's not that I'm second guessing myself, but I want you to tell me, I don't like your chicken. I want to know. I don't want to cook the same chicken a hundred times. And then on a hundred and fifth, you throw it on the floor. I want to know the second time that it happens. That's a healthy thing. I don't want to cook stuff you don't like. I don't want to do things that bother you. You know, please tell me. So important. You know, on that same note, the second thing you says is stop trying to win fights. Yeah. If you win them, you lose them. Fighting is about coming to an understanding, having some resolution. It is not about, aha. I got them. (laughs) You know, this is not Monopoly. This is not a video game. This is hearts. This is spirit. This is mind. This is body. This is soul. This is mental health. It is not a game. So if you are trying to win, you have lost. You have lost. When I work with couples, there is usually someone who says, aren't I right? What does it matter? Y'all in couples counseling. Y'all both (laughs) wrong. (laughs) What does it matter if you write? Who cares? (laughs) That's the last thing on your mind. This person over here talking about a divorce and you trying to be right. Stop. Oh my gosh. It's very, very true. And how much energy are you putting into being right? And why do you want your partner to look stupid? Why do you want them to lose? I don't want you to lose. I don't even feel like a winner if you lose it, like severely. You know, this isn't Mortal Kombat. I'm not trying to fight you to the deaths. Yeah. Next one, stop trying to get people to think like you. Mm. We are all so different. I know I say so many things that people disagree with. There are so many things online that people disagree with. And it's always funny. I have a community on Instagram and people will send me a message. I disagree with this post. I don't message them back, but I often think, did you agree with some of the other ones? Okay, then we okay. You won't Mm -hmm. agree with everything that I say. And that's all right. You shouldn't because you have your own mind. You have your own perspective, expectations, experiences, all sorts of things. We should think differently about some things. We just should. We're different people. And that's okay. Now let's go back to number one and have a conversation about it. When it comes to marriages, how do you think that couples should navigate that? So many couples struggle because they have different values and beliefs around, say, parenting or relationships or expectations and that kind of thing. It's normal to have different opinions and expectations and, and some values in a marriage. Yeah. And, and some things 
need to be worked through and some things just need to be accepted. I often talk to couples and one person may be introverted and the other person may be extroverted and they want to change this person to be like them. And it's really not a thing that matters. You, you want to spend time with your partner, but do they have to go to a party with you to spend time? Is that the only way? Can they go to the party and leave a little bit early because their energy is now drained? Like, how do we work through these things without saying, you have to be just like me? Well, how do I allow you to be you and we can work in harmony to be with each other? That hits home to me because I'm more introverted and my husband's an extrovert. And that schedule at the beginning of our relationship, it definitely drained me. I do think that's, I think it's like the two, three year mark when you're like, okay, something has to shift here because I can't keep trying to be this person that you want me to be for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband says that I'm introverted until I'm extroverted. I'm in between. I love me some alone time is getting me out of the house is like, Okay, but when I get there, I'm like, hey, you know, like I'm I'm excited to be there, but I know the energy required. (laughs) So it keeps me in because I do love people. I love talking to people. But I know that like after I do all of that, I'm like, I need five days. (laughs) That's the same as me. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I love the people, but I need my time. So. You know, we have to accept people as they are if we want to love them. True. Next one was stop trying to make one person meet all of your needs. We need community care. We need multiple people. We need a friend who loves to shop. We need uh, a sister that loves to um, dance. We need a, a cousin that likes this, a person that likes that. But often in relationships, we'll try to find one person, the one friend who you can talk about everything with. And and that's wonderful if that happens. But if it doesn't, you you need a new type of friend. It doesn't mean that this person is a bad friend because they don't like to talk about mental health. Find you a friend that likes to talk about mental health and then talk to this one about shopping and recipes. And, you know, like you don't have to have one person for everything. But if you do great, awesome amazing, but relying on a partner, a family member, a friend to fulfill every single need is not only a lot of pressure for them, it's a lot of pressure for you to create this perfect person. Mm -hmm. Actually, that reminds me of something I'd love to get your two cents on. So a lot of the stepmoms in my community, obviously they struggle with step parenting and extra pressures and dynamics and and co-parenting, all of that kind of stuff. And they struggle with their stepkids sometimes. Then they struggle because they can't talk to their partner about it. They feel like they can't tell their partner how they're feeling. And they say, I want him to be my person or I want them to be my person and and to be able to have these safe conversations about what I'm struggling with. And I'm often like, well, it's probably not going to go. Like he's going to take it personally when you have that Mm -hmm. conversation. And sometimes they're not ready for that. Do you have any thoughts on that uh, in terms of whether – You should be able to have those conversations with your partner or whether, you know, maybe that's something that you have a girlfriend for. It could be both. The only person that I would prefer to hear certain things from is a person in that situation with me. And even that sometimes can be too much. You don't want to hear even the biological parent saying bad things about the kid. You may need another person outside of that to speak to those issues. So, yeah, having community could be really helpful so you're not 
weighing your partner down with some of the issues you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for seven because I totally agree, is just to recognize that that's not the sign of a bad relationship, right? The fact that you can't necessarily have those open and honest conversations about maybe that specific thing. Mm-hmm. You can seek that support elsewhere without that being a sign that you you guys need the work. Absolutely. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about in that post was to stop demanding that people respect your boundaries while not respecting theirs. What sparked that? Because I haven't, I haven't heard anyone say that before and I found it really interesting. We have a lot of folks who think that boundary setting is one-sided and it is not. Boundary setting is a two-way street. You give a boundary, you get a boundary, right? Not 50-50, but certainly two ways. The traffic will not be the same on both sides. But if I am asking you to honor something, there may be times where you ask me something. You know, this Mm -hmm. happens a lot in parent-child dynamics, particularly with adult children, that parents will have all... This is what I want you to do on a holiday. This is, these are my expectations. These are my needs. And you can say one thing to that parent and they're like, you can't say that to me. It's like, you've asked me to do 74,000 things. (laughs) I'm asking you for one thing. (laughs) That's it. So I have to respect 74,000 and you will not respect one. That's imbalanced. That's not healthy. So I understand that you have some some expectations and needs, and I do too. Mm-hmm. And we struggle because we we struggle when other people don't understand our expectations and needs. Yet we struggle when we don't understand other people's expectations and needs. So you're right; Absolutely. it really is. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to dive into with you is a post you talked about about the exit talk. There is no need for an exit talk, and. Mm-hmm you know, with the talk of boundaries and with just setting expectations about the type of relationships that you're going to have, where you're going to put in your time and your energy. You know, sometimes you get to the point where it's like, you know what, this relationship is just no longer serving me anymore. And, you know, obviously there's time to set some boundaries there. I think often people struggle and they're like, well, I need to talk to them about that. I need to tell them that we're no longer going to have a relationship or whatever that is. Is that what you mean when you're talking about the exec talk? Well, I I think the the challenge with the exit talk is the anxiety around it keeps us in unhealthy situations longer. I think you don't need to have exit talks with certain people. There are some people where you need to have conversations, but, you know, in some friendships, things can just fizzle out and we don't need to like call Sarah and say, hey, I know I haven't talked to you in two weeks and I just want you to know it's because I don't like you anymore. It's like, <laughs> what What in the world? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but, you know, we'll do that because it's like, well, shouldn't she know I don't like her? Why? Why does she need to know that? All she knew was you guys haven't talked and it seems like she was okay with it. <laughs> like she wasn't calling you every day to ask you for anything. Do we need to tell her that you don't like her? If there is a conversation, it needs to be strategic and well done. And really the conversation is, it's me. It's not you. Because you are working well in your other relationship. Nobody else cares about this stuff I'm talking about. It's me. I don't like it. And so continue to be you because there is someone who enjoys it. It's just not me. 
So if you're going to have an exit conversation, it needs to be a situation where there is really no other alternative. And in lots of situations, I find that there's so many alternatives to having an exit conversation. So many alternatives. Most of the time, if we stop reaching out to people, these relationships fizzle. I've had people say to me, I call my sister every day and I don't like her. You call her every day. I wonder what would happen if you just stopped calling. Sounds like no relationship to me. (laughs) I would evaluate when these conversations are needed and when they are not. How do we behaviorally set the boundary? If you don't want to be friends with someone, can't you just not invite them to your party? There's so many things that we can do to step away from things where we're not running into Paula at the grocery store and it's completely awkward because you told her that she had bad breath and you can't be her friend. Like, (laughs) is that the encounter you want to have or do you want it to be a situation where it's like, oh, hey, how are you? How have you been? Okay, bye. (laughs) I just want an okay, bye ending. You know, I see you and it's like, oh, hey, you're at the family gathering. Okay. See you later. (laughs) That's it. That's as much of in my life as you will be. And we didn't have an exit conversation about how you've been a horrible auntie and I've hated you since I was seven. We didn't even have to do all of that because guess what? We don't even talk anyway. That's so true. I think sometimes people, when relationships are changing, or even when you read a book on boundaries, or you're re- you need to set these boundaries and I'm going to need to have a conversation about it. There's so many things you can do beforehand to just kind of shift that relationship without having a big performance about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we're here for the drama. We, I think we've gone housewives crazy where we're like, <laughs> I have to say something. And it's like, what we say is terrible. It's not very nice. It's terrible. It's mean to people. And I've had situations where I feel like I am demonstrating everything possible. I'm not contacting you. When you contact me, I'm like, okay, no, I really don't want to talk. You know, I I think I'm, you know, being fairly, um, you know, clear in my endeavors. And I have had to say to people, hey, yeah, it sounds like, you know, I'm having a party and I don't want you to come. Because I've, I've had people who will push their way into your life. You you know, they know about these things and they'll say, well, yeah, I'm going to come too. Oh, but you're not invited. Yes. There's definitely situations if they keep coming, you need to be like, okay. Yeah. Now I got to <laughs> say it because I, I didn't invite you. So now you just invited yourself. Yeah. You can't come. And, and in those situations, people will just end the relationship because they're so embarrassed. They don't even want to talk about why. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. It's like, okay, cool. If that's the story you want to lead with. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So here's my question for you. When's your comedy tour going to be? <laughs> that's going to be 2.0. I, I'm just going to put that out there. I just think that would be like a boundaries comedy tour to really like have the conversations that everyone really needs to be having. <laughs> I don't know if there will be a comedy tour, but I certainly think that humor is healing. Mm -hmm. Therapy is filled with so many heavy, dark, deep conversations. And if I could make a person smile in the process, if I could make a person 
think of even crying and getting a shirt all wet. It's like, oh, girl, you need some tissue. You know, just anything just to, you know, just to bring them out of that moment. It, it truly is helpful. It is helpful to cry while grieving and to laugh. It is helpful to cry while re- revisiting this pain and to, you know, break out in a laugh. And, you know, even this stuff to have these ideas that maybe maybe this stuff isn't so bad. Maybe I've been, you know, thinking about this in this way that's like, oh, my gosh, so heavy. And it's really like just being like, oh, no, you can't come. You know, just <laughs> maybe that's what we've been missing because we do have this idea that everything is like this really dramatic moment and we have to slow down and breathe and say this stuff. And it's like, yeah, um, no, <laughs> that's all I have. That's, that's as deep as I'm going to go with that one. So good. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. This, I can tell you already, already I know this is going to be a fan favorite. So where can everyone find you? I am most present on Instagram at Nedra Tawab. I have a website. I have a book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And very soon I will have a workbook, the Set Boundaries Workbook. But find me on Instagram at Nedra Tawab. Yes, the feed is so good. I'm always going through it, looking for some inspo. Thank you so much. You truly are a light and I'm just grateful you took the time today. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.